Well, first of all, it recognizes that we are men and women. Yes. All the time. Yeah. Can't <laughs> avoid it. You, you can't, you, there's nothing you do in your day-to-day life that you don't do as a man or as a woman. And that means all of your relationships, you are relating to other people who are also all the time male or female. Mm. Um, that's just part of who we are down to our, our chromosomes. Mm. Um, so that's how God has made us. And that informs, you know, I, I relate to men differently than I relate to women. I relate to my mother, my sisters, my wife, um, you know, people have daughters, you have coworkers. So you have, th- there are appropriate ways to relate to one another in all of these varying aspects of life. You are listening to Make and Multiply, a podcast devoted to equipping the members of Emmaus Road Church to make and multiply disciples of Jesus Christ in the city of Sioux Falls. The people of Emmaus Road are committed to regular rhythms of gathering and scattering. We gather corporately in worship on Sunday mornings. We gather in missional communities and discipleship huddles. And we scatter throughout our city where we want to give every resident of Sioux Falls repeated opportunities to hear and respond to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Hey everybody, welcome back uh, to another episode of Make and Multiply. Uh, my name is Matt Groon. I'm here with Caleb Nurnberger and Ryan Chase, pastoral Residents, as well as a pastor of Emmaus Road Church. Um, and the topic today is based off of uh, an event that has kind of taken place in broader evangelicalism. Um, now, before we begin, I want to make clear, very clear, that we are not seeking to be cultural commentators. We're not seeking to pick apart the news of the day and give our hot take about it. So that that is not our intention, and nor will it ever be. Um, we weren't there. We don't know all the details. Our aim is not to adjudicate the situation at all. Um, so let that be clear from the start of what our purpose is. But we, I do think, and I think you guys would agree, there are things to learn um, and things to be, uh, yeah, things to learn from a situation like this. So if you have not heard about the Matt Chandler incident um, that was uh, announced, really, uh, at the end of last month of, in August, uh, then let me get just a quick run-up. So Matt Chandler, well-known, um, big-name pastor of the Village Church in uh, Texas, a president, at least was, I think he was or is, the president of Acts 29, which is a church-planting ministry that we I would consider friendly with Sovereign Grace. We share a lot of convictions, and mm-hmm. uh, so these are friends. These are these are brothers that we're, that we're interacting with here, and... Mm-hmm. Um, and the situation that arose was at the, at the end of the month, um, a letter was sent out to the Village Church family um, that's now been posted online, and uh, Matt Chandler went up in front of the church before the service on, I think it was Sunday, August 28th, um, to get a, give an update of what was happening. So we don't know any other details other than what's been, that you can read about or we can read about online, as well as the 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 announcement that was made. So here was the kind of in, the incident that kind of sparked this all was um, Matt Chandler was DMing, direct messaging on Instagram, a woman in the church that was not his wife. Now, the 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 information that, that is online is that his his wife, Matt's wife, knew about it, and the woman's husband knew they were talking. Um, so, uh, you know, there, it wasn't super secretive, um, but what really sparked this was a friend of the woman that he was direct messaging um, 
heard about, heard what was being said, read what was being said, and was offended and thought it inappropriate conversation. So she brought it to, she confronted Matt Chandler after um, a Sunday gathering, and then Matt brought it to the elders of the church for their investigation and review. Uh, that investigation, the elders concluded um, that he had violated some internal social media use policies. And more importantly, they say, while the overarching pattern of his life has been above reproach, he's failed to meet the first Timothy standard for elders of being above reproach in this instance. And this is the important paragraph on the, uh, the message to the village church. Uh, he says, the elders say, we are strong proponents of brothers and sisters in Christ being friends, but there are boundaries around what's appropriate in these kinds of friendships. A pastoral role requires a greater awareness of those boundaries. In this case, while the messages were not romantic or sexual in nature, the frequency and familiarity of the messages crossed a line. They revealed that Matt did not use language appropriate for a pastor, and he did not model a behavior we expect from him. Uh, they go on to say things that uh, the, they conclude that, and Matt agreed, Matt's behavior here was a sign of, quote, unhealth in his life. Um, and so, as a result, he has uh, taken a leave of absence from teaching and preaching at the Village Church. Um, and that's where we're, where we're at. And so this event has sparked a conversation kind of yeah. across greater evangelicalism. And I think it's worth having this conversation. So, Ryan, when we think about what happened here, uh, and really what's at, at the core here is, um, how men and women are to relate to one another. Mm -hmm. um, what was your reaction when you heard the news and your thoughts since? Yeah. I, a friend had texted me and said, did you hear about Matt Chandler? And my heart sank, uh, imagined the worst, uh, the worst I've, I've heard, um, and, you know, been familiar with some moral failings and it's just devastating and, and sickening. It, it it's, uh, tragic for the people who go through it, the, the church that's affected by it, all of those things. So I, I was relieved when I heard it, he had not had an affair. Um, and, and yet it, it brings up an important issue. Um, like you said, our, our goal is not to adjudicate this particular instance. We don't have all the information. We, we don't want to just be like the culture where everybody rushes to have an opinion on everything yes. right away. Yeah. Um, when I hear that language from the elders, that it was not romantic or sexual, but it was too frequent and too familiar, that raises questions for me and I think um, helps us to think in, in certain categories. We, there's kind of a tendency, I think, to compartmentalize um, our lives and, and types of intimacy. Uh, you know, there's spiritual intimacy, emotional, relational, physical intimacy. When I hear frequent and familiar, um, the word that comes to my mind to describe that would be flirtatious, <laughs> which which seems intimacy. to have a a trajectory, <laughs> yeah. right? Like yeah. before, there's emotional intimacy, there's frequency and familiarity That's right. that mm -hmm. builds emotional intimacy, which can lead to physical intimacy. So so there are trajectories to these things. When they say he, he crossed a line, you cross lines in a direction. There, yeah. there there's some trajectory to that, and so I think it it should cause us to think carefully uh, and, and more broadly about this rather than trying to put things into just strict categories, romantic, sexual, you know, uh, familiar, whatever. Um, what wisdom does God's word have for us about how men and women relate to each other? And, and that, like you said, is, is at the root of this. Yeah. It's, you know, there's, there's realities that we want to acknowledge on hearing news like this of um, we do live in a world that is marked and fallen by 
in sin, and we still, even as Christians born born again in Christ, united to Christ, still wrestle with indwelling sin. So, in a way, it shouldn't surprise us when people sin. Right. Um, so that that's a thought. King David is a great example. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That even you know. Now that said, we are to, we're to fight that sin and 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 put to death that which is earthly in you. The command from Paul, and we don't do that alone. We do that. Through the power of Jesus, through the power of, of God in Christ Jesus, um, but this has effect. This you know, this this is not just some news far off on the other side of the world. This this has effect in us for the very reason that we want to live in community, like we want to be in close community. So, yeah. and that's not a bad thing. We are to, especially at a Mass Road Church, we want to be the type of people who love spending time together, that love to be in community with one another, who are speaking gospel fluency to one another often and going over to each other's homes for meals and watching each other's kids. And all of that creates a type of community that is, you know, a, a kind of intimacy, right. a, a type of uh, a type of closeness that is God-glorifying and, and gospel-declaring. And so, what we're seeing, what this situation just invites me to think about is where are, because even the elders said there are boundaries around what's appropriate. Yeah. Well, let's start there. <laughs> right. Boundary, because in, in Western civilization right this minute, boundaries are being torn down left and right. Mm-hmm. We want to tear down the wall between everything, between men and women, between what it means to be men and women, uh, between, you know, fill in the blank. We want to be in the most fluid, uh, egalitarian, if you will, yeah. <laughs> equal uh, everything all the time, no boundaries, everybody's the same. Right. So I guess a, th- a question I have is, how, Ryan, what are the boundaries and what are the appropriate boundaries and how should we think about them? Yeah, Th- this topic relates to, uh, you know, more broadly and, and going back quite a while to uh, what's been referred to as the Billy Graham rule and more recently the Mike Pence rule because Mike Pence is another uh, you know famous figure who has followed this rule. It was Billy Graham's practice not to meet one-on-one with a woman who was not his wife. Uh, that was his practice. Mike Pence has followed that. And, and that has come under a lot of heat. That, that's a boundary. Um, but even within the church, within evangelicalism, there are people who have pushed back and said, that's uh, a dangerous practice mm. that blames women, that says that women can't can't be trusted, or they they are just a source of temptation, and men can't control themselves, and so you're you're feeding these ideas that are are unhealthy. So uh, there, there's a woman, an author named Amy Bird, who wrote a book recently. Why can't we be friends? The subtitle is Avoidance is not purity, mm. um, and so she's trying to push back men and women who are not married to each other but married to other people should be able to be friends with each other because they're brothers and sisters in Christ. And if that means having, uh, you know, lunch together, just the two of them, that's fine. If that means texting each other directly, just the two of them, that's fine. Um, and, and I think that there are good, solid, biblical, wise reasons for something like the Billy Graham rule. Yeah. I, I think that there is a lot of practical wisdom in that. So what are those? What, how does the Billy Graham rule, um, how does that serve us in wanting to be above reproach? Yeah. Well, first of all, it recognizes that we are 
men and women. Yes. All the time. Yeah. Can't <laughs> avoid it. You, you can't, you, there's nothing you do in your day-to-day life that you don't do as a man or as a woman. And that means all of your relationships, you are relating to other people who are also all the time male or female. Mm. Um, that's just part of who we are down to our, our chromosomes. Mm. Um, so that's how God has made us. And that informs, you know, I, I relate to men differently than I relate to women. I relate to my mother, my sisters, my wife, um, you know, people have daughters, you have coworkers. So you have, there are appropriate ways to relate to one another in all of these varying aspects of life. And Paul addresses a young pastor, Timothy, that way in first Timothy five, one through two, when he says to him, do not rebuke an older man, but encourage him as you would a father, younger men as brothers, older women as mothers, younger women as sisters in all purity. Yeah. So our relationships with one another are informed by our gender and the gender of the person that we're relating to, as well as here, Paul says their age, Mm. you know, there's an honor and a deference and respect shown to older people um, that differs from how you relate to people who are younger than you. So that's the first recognition, not to be naive. Right. We are men and women in community. um, And and so we, we shouldn't, uh, overlook that as though that's insignificant or can just be disregarded. Yeah. And and some of the wisdom I think that can be thought through of something like the Billy Graham rule, which again is, it's called the Billy Graham rule, but you know, really it's, I would just call it wisdom of not meeting with, uh, another woman who's not your wife in alone without others involved, either another man uh, or her husband, mm-hmm. um, or your wife involved. Could be another in woman it. in the church. That's right. So, I, so let if that's the rule, I think you and you said this once, Ryan, um, as we were thinking about this. But it it serves to protect not just the man, but also the woman, like mm-hmm. to not put ourselves in compromising situations. Because part of that is we live in a cultural moment where you have two competing, especially in uh, American evangelicalism, two competing wars: a war against what was the purity culture, quote-unquote purity culture of um, kind of the hyper, uh, you know, (laughs) yeah, what you, modesty culture and however you want to call it, as well as this awareness of sexual abuse by pastors or by men against women. So you've got these two competing ideals that um, seem to be fought at the same time of wanting to destroy purity culture. And it's like Amy Bird's book of, you know, we should be able to all those rules and boundaries are just restrictive right. and oppressive. And yeah, which that's one thing. But then also those same people are also decrying men can't be trusted. They're abusive. They're, they're whatever. So the Billy Graham rule helps both of those in the sense of it protects the woman from being in a situation where she could be manipulated or abused because there's other people involved who are observing what's taking mm-hmm. place, um, as well as protects a man from false accusation of, um, I, I think, and you, you might be able to connect these dots better, but you were describing earlier the, um, when we were talking off mic about Joseph, the Joseph yeah. narrative. Go yeah. I mean, the story of Joseph and Potiphar's wife, uh, where Potiphar falsely accuses Joseph of, uh, coming on to her, making advances toward her, and he's thrown in, in prison for it. Um, again, we live in a world where men can and do abuse women, and we live in a world where women can make false accusations. Both of those things are are yeah. true. Um, and so some of these boundaries are in place to guard against all, all of those possible scenarios, not implying 
any one person in particular is to blame or is dangerous, but just more like having practices in place, mm-hmm. um, safeguards, guardrails yeah. that are up. And those those guardrails and safeguards are not just to be bound, like you were saying earlier, not um, com- compartmentalized into just one area. So like, for instance, Billy Graham, when he was traveling all the time away from his wife, made it a thing to never be in the same room alone with another woman. So, you know, late 40s and early 50s, there was no Twitter. There was no direct messaging. You couldn't just be texting somebody. Right. That, was the, that was the way that that type of um, intimacy could be pretty much exclusively taken. But now we live in a society where, come on, I'm just sending a message. I'm just, I, I'm just asking her a question about whatever, fill in the blank, something what seems so benign um, that then, you know, <laughs> can begin, as you were saying at the beginning, can begin to take root and begin to grow and continue. That, that has trajectory. Right. Um, so it's, so for this instance, you might read the, and this is what commentators were saying all around in response to this is saying, oh, look, he, he was just DMing her. Why, like, what's the big deal? Why is everybody so up in arms? Why can't they be friends? Um, recognizing, or the, at least the elders did, that boundaries were crossed, yes, even in electronic communication. Mm-hmm. And that says a lot too, just the, the idea of being sober-minded. That that takes, <laughs> we take our sin seriously. We take the presence and the power of our sin seriously. I mean, I'm just mindful when I hear something like this whole ordeal, my first temptation to, to respond is to judge that and be like, what is he thinking? <laughs> like, how dare he? Like, mm-hmm. And I want to I, I wanna be the first to throw the stone. And yet, I'm being sanctified and recognizing my pride in that. And I want to step back and think too, I want to grieve that sin because that's the same sin that is in me and I'm susceptible to that same sin and I want to guard against that. So being so reminded is, 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 um, that mindfulness of this is, this is an enemy that is powerful that we, it's Christ has paid for the punishment of our sin, but the presence and power of our sin is still, there and any one of us at any time can fall prey to it it gone unchecked yeah Yeah. and and scripture is full of warnings and encouragements to us not to be naive of the devil and his schemes Mm. not to be unaware of those temptations to realize that there is an enemy Mm -hmm. um that sin is real uh that temptation surrounds us and so just having your eyes open is is good and right. And, and realizing, um, you know, I, I tell people this often in, in counseling, long before you get to checkmate, uh, there are lots of other bad moves that led up to that. Sorry so when you fall into... When I play chess with you, that's exactly what happens. <laughs> How did I get here? It's like, lots no, it's of bad like moves. The, it's like Seven kid, blunders got me here. It's yeah. like the kid who doesn't tie their shoes and you say, you should tie your shoes because you could trip and fall. And they're like, it'll never happen. Whenever we say it'll never happen and then it does happen, you're like, told you so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So lots of bad moves that lead up to that. So when somebody falls into some big sin, there were lots of other steps before that. So before you have overly frequent and familiar DMing, you had one message. You know, so somewhere between one and I don't know, a hundred, a thousand, I don't know how many you know, times they message back and forth. You have, at each step along the way, it's easy to excuse, to rationalize, no big deal. And next thing you know, you've got this whole thread of, you know, you're, you're messaging this person too frequently. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I think that um, being aware of how that works, same thing with uh, affairs. 
over and over, the story is, well, this person was kind and friendly at work and I felt affirmed or I felt understood and I realized I wasn't getting that in my marriage. So it's, it's just friendly, mm-hmm. innocuous conversation, maybe get lunch together, maybe, you know, have breaks at the same time, whatever. Suddenly there's this emotional closeness. And next thing you know, that grows deeper and deeper and somebody finds themselves in a situation where they're going, oh, I actually feel attraction to this person. Where did that come from? Like they didn't set out looking for it. It wasn't on their mind. I am, you know, trying to have an affair here. It's just, it's naive not to realize how these things work because then you can't have your, your guard up against it. Yeah. And you know, the biblical category, I mean, James is clear. This is so helpful because it feels so like, oh, okay, this is real life where he says in, in James one verse 14, each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. And then that desire, when it is conceived, gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. So it's just this, I think what he's putting his finger on there is not so much what, you know, just sin and it's there, but the continuity, like the continuation. It's a life cycle. That's right. It starts somewhere and it grows. Just like humans were conceived and then we maintain our identity and maintain our value and all that humanness all the way through until, you know, until we die. There, There is, that's what, he's comparing sin to. So it's, it might start with this tiny little thing, mm-hmm. but it, it grows. So, so Ryan, help us out. What for, for us as people of Emmaus Road Church, here in an event like this, we want to, what we don't want to do in this podcast is lay a law on, right. on, on the backs of, of, our, of people of guilt and shame and yeah. do this, don't do this. If you do this. Yeah, you're doing things wrong. Or- right. But what are some wisdom categories? I mean, we've talked about the wisdom of it. Yeah. Um, what are some practical categories that we can think through on how we talk to one another? Because we, we want, like I said, we want to be people who communicate with one another. Right. Mm-hmm. How do we do that wi- wisely? Yeah, and I would say, you know, Amy Bird, that subtitle, Avoidance is Not Purity. We're not advocating that men and women avoid each other right. in the church. Um, we don't meet in separate rooms yeah. when we come together as MCs. Like we can't be with the women. We we have to stay with the right. men over there. Yeah. yeah. So so that's right. Avoidance alone is not purity, but we are commanded to flee temptation, flee um, you know, sinful passions, and we are commanded to put on and pursue righteousness and, and godliness. Uh, we're commanded to make no provision for the flesh. So I, I think some of those practical things, like the Billy Graham rule, broadly, just, you know, as a man, avoiding being in a room alone with a woman to whom you're not married, that that gives you a picture. Then you can fill in from there other kinds of scenarios. So I think a common practice, a, a lot of couples in our church follow this, um, having group text messages that involve four people, both mm-hmm. couples. So, you know, husband and wife over here and this husband and wife. And, and then the whole conversation happens in the light. You know, yeah. the story here is that Matt Chandler's wife knew and this woman's husband knew about, but they weren't in the conversation. So to know that talking. it's happening is one thing. Yeah. To know what's being said is yes. another thing. And if I'm in a group text and I know exactly what's being said by another man, to my wife because I'm in the conversation, that's just a wise safeguard. Um, so that's a great practice that a, a, a lot of us follow and, um, and is helpful in, you know, missional community context where as a guy, you might have a question for a woman in the MC um, to include her husband mm-hmm. in that conversation. It is just, it's, it respects both of them. Um, and, and that's important because marriages are private Intimate relationships between two people, 
And yet there is a public dimension to it, right? Like that, that's why we have wedding ceremonies in public in right. front of God and these witnesses. Good, yeah. the, the public recognizes that, observes that, and then is committed to respecting that. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a lot like private property. Private property, I own my property, my neighbor owns his. Um, and yet private property only works if we recognize and respect the boundary between our property. So I'm committed to staying off of his. I'm not going to go, you know, build a <laughs> a deck in his backyard. Right. I, I respect that. And so likewise, we recognize and respect this is a married person in a relationship with somebody else. So it's it's private in that sense. It's just between them, but it's public in the sense that the rest of us recognize that, which is why we wear wedding rings. It's, it's right. a token between the two people who are married, but it's publicly communicating to somebody else, hey, this is a married person. Yeah. It affects how we relate to each other. Yeah. Boundaries are important. Uh, and, and to some extent, boundaries are inevitable. Mm-hmm. Um, we will draw the line somewhere. Um, and it's not, so the question is, what's governing our lines that we're drawing? And we want Scripture to guide. Yeah. We want Scripture to guide and inform that. Yeah, boundaries come from from God, and to live this way that we're talking about requires wisdom, and wisdom is from. It just magnifies how we live in private first, especially. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's to put on that. Wisdom means to live rightly, to live in an orderly way that God has ordained, and so. What we do in private really matters. Uh, otherwise, we're going to be like that person who's <laughs> you just, you know, when you run down a hill and you're going too fast, you can't control yourself and anything happens. And it's like, well, we don't want to live that yeah. way because when we get going too fast, we're not necessarily that wise. <laughs> we do stupid things. Yeah. And, and James says even early, like even before that um, conversation on the conception of sin giving way to all the way to death, he, he just calls to the people and says, if any of you lacks wisdom, Ask, yes. Ask God who, who will give without reproach. Mm-hmm. And so that's what we want to do. We want to ask God for wisdom in these matters because we just we recognize rightly we live in a sinful world. We recognize rightly I am a sinner um, because of who God is. And but also recognizing we have been saved from that sin through Jesus. The gospel is good news for us. Um, and so now because of Christ, I can have faith because that's. Ultimately, what James is after is you also ask for God's wisdom in faith, and he will give it to you. Um, so we're after wisdom. We're asking for wisdom from on high. Um, and, and again, I want to reiterate, we're not, you know, the point of this podcast is not to say, hey, look what that guy get, did. If you're doing something similar, you know, come talk to us. <laughs> we, want to, we want the gospel to inform and motivate everything we do. Yeah, in all uh, our living. Yeah, so we, we want we want that wisdom and we want that we want our lives to reflect and be the aroma of Christ in the world. Um, and just to, to live in a community in a gospel community that recognizes God given and God drawn boundaries, Mm -hmm. um, between men and women, between married men and women and other married men and women. Um, and want to respect those out of, out of not just out of respect for each other, but out of reverence and deference to God. Mm -hmm. That's our aim. Yeah. That that magnifies marriage, yeah. when everybody holds that in high regard, yeah. treats that with respect, has respect for, you know, a a married woman, mm-hmm. her husband, um, communicates that in the way that we relate to each other. Uh, all of that matters. Yeah, and that's that's exactly right. It, it's not put everybody on the group thread because we don't because I distrust everybody mm-hmm. and want everybody to, you know, I've got, it's not that the guns are drawn. Right. It's not mutually disturbed, uh, assured destruction. Right. It's we, we love suspicious of everybody. Right. We love 
the gospel and we love Christ. And so therefore we love marriage and we hold it mm-hmm. in such high regard that we want to honor it. Mm-hmm. Um, so lessons to be learned, pray for, yeah. for wisdom and, and, uh, and we pray for the village church and for, for Matt Chandler mm-hmm. and for the, the elders there as they navigate this scenario. We pray that out of this would come fruit. Yes. Out of this would come gospel fruit. And may that even just the news of it produce gospel fruit in our community Amen. Um, and amongst each of us. So thank you, men. Thank you for your yes. for your gift uh, of your friendship and, and how we can stir one another to purity in this category. So. Thanks for listening to Make and Multiply. If you have questions about anything related to discipleship huddles, missional communities, or gospel fluency, you can reach out to your missional community leader. And if you're not yet plugged into gospel community at Emmaus Road, visit us online at EmmausRoadSF.com.